0: Welcome to the Hobby of a Lifestyle podcast, a show that looks at how our passions impact lives and drive career choices. I'm Andy Gray, a former national and world champion kickboxer. During my shows, I'll be talking with athletes, coaches, fans and more as I delve into their world to find out what inspired them on their journey. Welcome back to Hobby of a Lifestyle. I know it's been a while, but we're here in episode 100 what a milestone to reach, so thank you to everyone who's been on this journey with me so far, and to all those who are just experienced it for the first time, welcome. I am joined by Jasmine Harrison. She's a double world record holder. Jasmine has solo rode across the Atlantic and swam the length of the UK. Let's find out the whole story. Morning Jasmine, welcome to the Hobby of a Lifestyle.
1: Hey, morning.
0: (laughs) Um, First of all, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. And just for listeners, do you want to kind of tell them what you are best known for and and some of the things that people may have heard your name?
1: Uh, So best known probably because in um, 2021, I completed a solo row across the Atlantic, um, becoming the youngest solo female to ever row an ocean. Um and then last year summer twenty twenty two I swam um in the sea from land's end to John Groats.
0: Wow, that is absolutely incredible. And I mean, you're talking about being the youngest females. How old were you when you completed that solo row? Uh, twenty one. Wow. Uh, let Let's go back because at twenty one years old, I know that rowing across the Atlantic certainly wasn't even anywhere near my mind it's still not at the front of my mind now to be fair but at 21 I know what I was doing at 21 so if we can go back to childhood and and let's discover what shaped this this journey that you're on kind of what were you into as a child growing up
1: uh outdoors yeah um, yeah. yeah definitely just outdoors exploring um and a sport I always wanted to be doing sport so yeah, yeah. And when I was really little, it was just constantly, can we go out and play football? Right. Um, and then as I actually got more involved and, like, growing up, I was just swimming all the time. Okay. Um, like, when I went into high school, all I cared about was what PE there was. Yeah. And I was like, like, every lunchtime, every after school, that was that was just me. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, did, did you live quite rural? Were you, where did you grow up in the UK?
1: Uh, so I grew up in Thurst in North Yorkshire. All right, okay. Um, so you've still got live the gorgeous
0: Yorkshire moors on your doorstep, haven't you?
1: Yeah, exactly. So we've got moors on one side, dales on the other. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. Were your
0: parents quite outdoorsy as well, then, Jasmine?
1: Yeah, um, my dad especially. Um, just kind of holidays were always. We go up to Scotland. We go on a beach. Right. We go camping. Um, and um, we have always had dogs, so it's just walking. We right. you, you go for a walk every yeah, yeah. day. Um, so, yeah, it was always that, and I was involved in that ever since I was yeah. little.
0: I mean, so you're swimming and you're talking about high school. I mean, did you go into sixth form? Did you go into university?
1: Uh, sixth form. Okay. Um, the only reason I actually stayed and went to sixth form was because I wanted to do Gold Duke of Edinburgh. Okay, um, that was like I was thinking of other options, and I was like, I don't know what I want. All I want to know is that I want to continue doing DV. Yeah, yeah. And I can do that at the sixth form in my school. Wow. So I'm staying here, and Fantastic. that was it. That, that, yeah, yeah. That literally, that like dictated that entire big decision was that I got to go walk up a hill.
0: Wow, wow. I mean, I've done the bronze expedition when I was younger, but I, I didn't push on for the gold, and. So you're talking about, did you go to university when you left, when you finished doing your DV?
1: <laughs> no. no. I um, I decided that I wanted to go travelling. Okay. Um, because I, yeah, my parents had always put all of the money um into me doing sport um, mm-hmm. and kind of like, yeah, being outdoors. And I'd never actually been on a holiday outside of the UK. Right. So I wanted to go... And see where my friends had all been on holiday before. You know, right. they're all maybe going for years to Spain, Portugal, yeah, yeah. everywhere. And I decided to go to the Caribbean. Right. Um because one of my best friends through primary school, um, her family are Jamaican. Right. And she'd been over there before and I was like, tell me everything, yeah, like yeah. ask all sorts of questions. And I wanted to experience what it's like in a different country. Yeah. Um so I went over to the Caribbean and I just travelled around there for six or seven months when I was 18. Oh, it sounds um, horrible. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sounds amazing. So where was it, kind of, at what point did you realise, and you've obviously, you, you've you've highlighted very early on that you're outdoors, you want to do Duke of and you can go and climb a hill, you can go and climb a mountain, and then you go and travel. At what point did you think rowing the Atlantic's a really good idea? Had you done had you done any similar challenges, smaller, smaller challenges prior to that?
1: Not stuff that was actually labelled a challenge. Yeah. I kind of just go off and do stuff in a way that probably tested me quite a lot, but it never had a specific, yeah, label yeah, on it. Yeah, that I never actually knew what I was kind of doing, um, and so yeah, not really. But um, it was it was the fact that I was over in the Caribbean and I saw the start line, right. Sorry the finish line okay. to the Atlantic crossing Um, and that kind of just inspired me to do it and it was probably at that point I'd already been away from home for however long my friends were well, first year of uni telling you how amazing it is yeah, yeah. and they're going to get a degree and I was like I need something as well yes yeah. I'm travelling but like I need to have something solid and that just spoke to me the wow. road just kind of went and I could not get it out of my head
0: Had you so ever I rode before? Like, no. No. <laughs> so is it really much kind of you 18 19 years of age is that is that when the training almost begun and that's when the idea was put into motion straight from there?
1: Um no, I decided that I wanted to do it. Yeah. And then I did I I spent a while kind of like saying that I would do it one day.
0: Right.
1: Um and then I carried on came back, got a job. Um and then I went travelling a little bit more. And it was whilst I was travelling again that I was there like, I'm not happy. Yeah. I've had the best day ever. Something isn't right. Something needs to change. And I kind of realised that it was that row. Right. I needed to do that row. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I entered the race whilst I was abroad. Entered the race and I was just happy. Like straight away. I was so much happier that yeah, yeah. I had entered. Um. So, yeah, there was, I never decided really that was what I wanted to do. I'd never been on it for very long. I'd actually tried to persuade myself that I didn't want to do it. Um, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't get it out of my head. I knew that I had to.
0: Wow. I mean, for someone who's never rode, to enter a road across the Atlantic is the first kind of, rowing experience they've had how do you begin to start a train for that because it sounds like you had quite a short window as well and i imagine the funding for that isn't that is ridiculous as well
1: yeah it was really difficult basically um training was go to the gym get stronger uh but the main issue was, yeah, the funding. Yeah. It cost a lot of money to do. To buy a boat anyway, you're talking like £40,000. Yeah, yeah. But in the race, it's £20,000. Um, and then, obviously, everything else around that. So it was getting sponsors. Yeah. But when I was getting the sponsors, it was COVID. Yeah, So we did it. 10 times as hard because nobody yeah. wanted to spare their money and they didn't actually believe that the race was going to go on because yeah. obviously we kept on and then another lockdown and then this and that yeah. It was just impossible. Um, so that was the biggest challenge. The training itself ended up just becoming easier only because something else was harder. Um, yeah. so it had that like comparison, but then it was get hold of a boat and then learn the boat and row. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean,
0: you must have had, well, one, a huge drive and determination to make sure that you could complete this task. But secondly, I suppose, a, a fantastic support network in your family and friends who were kind of backing you to do this. Because what do your parents say or your family say and friends when you say, I'm actually going to row the Atlantic? A solo?
1: Not really a lot, I don't think. I can't remember. I can't remember because it was actually kind of irrelevant to me um, what they thought because this was something that I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't asking them to do it. So what they think, I didn't really care. Um but yeah, I had a really good support network as mainly from my sponsors that I did manage to get. Um and it was I work in a pub and it was uh all of the locals. They yeah. really sort of supported, thought about it, talked to me, um, and then they would, like, find their own contact yeah. and then, okay, speak to her about this, and that was huge, wow. yeah.
0: I suppose it's one of those things where, although it was a really difficult time, the fact that there's an opportunity to sponsor potentially the youngest female to ever solo across the Atlantic is almost an opportunity too good to miss as well. And, and uh, you know, from that very, just just that one sentence he said that, that their opinion was irrelevant kind of shows the mindset that you have. It's very determined. And when you've got that goal, you focus 100% and nobody's going to distract you from that and detract you away from it. Um, yeah. Wow. So talk about, you know, you've done all the training and you get to the start line. What's kind of going through your head when you, you think now this is actually going to happen?
1: A um, bit daunting. And, a bit surreal as well because it's finally there. All of yeah. that hard work has come to this. Yeah. yeah. Um, in that moment, I actually kind of felt a bit numb to it all, and it kind of annoyed me that I didn't actually have anything. But I think it was that overwhelming. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, it was a really interesting feeling to have so much like effort and time and money riding on one particular thing yeah of course um, especially that i've never experienced that before but not the pressures but i felt kind of the pressure because there was a lot of people helping me that supported me to get to that point but also people who were negative and said you're never going to do this and so there's no way that i wanted to prove them right yeah um so yeah you
0: always get that unfortunately there aren't you where people just try to put something down because they maybe don't have, it's maybe it's jealousy, maybe it's because they'd love to do it themselves and try to put you down because, and sometimes it's out of a place of love, isn't it? They just don't want to see you do something. That's got potential risk, I suppose. Um, what I, I can imagine there must be times when you're doing the role where you just think this isn't for me anymore. But I mean, what, were, were there moments where you just think, I need to turn around or I just need to kind of bail out of this?
1: No, because you don't have the option. Right. Yeah, you can't go back. Uh, The winds are too strong.
0: Okay. Um,
1: And there's no help unless you're in an emergency situation. Right. The fastest way for you to get home is to row to to the finish line. Wow. And then get on a plane. Yeah. so no and you've already gone so far that there's no turning back you always give a little bit more and that was a point I wanted to do it to get challenged
0: yeah, yeah. wow it, it's phenomenal because there must be times when you're out there in your run, or you wake up or you've had a really rough day or a rough night it's say where you just think why did I ever begin this but I, I as I say I know the challenge and the end goal far outweighs the, the problems at the time um What was the hardest part of that challenge?
1: Um, Just getting to the start line, probably. Really? Uh, Yeah, it's always the logistics around something that's the hardest part of it, especially when you're doing it by yourself. Um, So, yeah, getting to the start line, jumping through all the hoops, having the COVID, um, and then the actual row itself was difficult, the weather, the weather, everything, that was so difficult to deal with the weather and the wind. And then again, it was knowing that having all of your ideas kind of just shattered in a way that you'd pictured the finish line for so long and seen the finish before. And then two weeks before you get there, I got a call saying, yeah, so uh, COVID is still a thing out here um, and people can't go to the finish line and there's no bars open, there's no restaurants open, there's a curfew, and you have to wear a mask before you even stepped onto land. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty rough to take. I
0: can imagine that from a mental point of view, that must be massive to think I've got so far across the Atlantic. There's no turnaround regardless, as you said, because of the weather conditions and the wind and everything else that's against you. It's just another thing where you think, I might not... I mean, that must run through your head. I might not actually get to achieve the dream of completing the challenge. away and want to complete it.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. How how, how do you deal with that? You know, let's you know people who listen to this, and you know, mental health isn't is no longer a taboo subject, which is fantastic. You must be kind of going through in your head. I know you have that mindset, but there's still got to be elements of doubt in your head. How did you deal with those? Um,
1: it was going back down and boiling it down to actually, what do you have? So, yes, I might not be able to go and meet people and have a drink or even see family or even be able yeah. to hug your mum uh, as soon as you're finished or anything like that. But at the end of the day, you still rode the Atlantic. It doesn't yeah. matter about anything else. You still have got to the finish line. Um, and that was what you said you were going to do. Yeah. It wasn't about all the sexual things. It yeah. was about the row. You still did the row doesn't matter.
0: So control um, the controllables and forget about the uncontrollables sounds yeah,
1: kind of where your right.
0: mindset was at. Wow. Yeah. What What was the feeling? And okay, maybe it was a little bit bittersweet, but at the end of the day, you've completely challenged. What was it like to complete that challenge? And then just kind of reflect on that, because I can imagine it's one of those things when you're in the challenge, you you don't although you might get time because you're solo and you have got all these things going on, but I'd imagine it's one of those things once you sit down a couple of weeks later, a couple of months later and reflect and go, Wow, I actually did that when the kind of when the dust settles down a bit. How do you reflect on that experience now and the journey and what, what's the feeling?
1: Um, I still haven't quite reflected on it. Right. Um I don't think I don't think I ever will. Uh because I don't I don't really want to. Kind of feel like yes, I did that, and because it would make me, it would make me, like, I don't know, make me. F- I like to be quite humble about stuff, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, that was done, but I also don't quite believe it. So I've been going through a load of footage of the row, and I'm like, it's like watching it like it isn't me, right? Um, it's a bit weird. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, the reflection on it. I think before it even started. I knew that I was going to do it. Yeah. Yes, you've not done it yet, but I know that I could. I yeah. I know my own capabilities for certain things, and I knew that I would be able to make it. So I accepted it at the start that I was going to row across the Atlantic. Wow. And so there wasn't much difference, really, because by the time you're two weeks away from the finish line, you definitely are. So you just accept it. Um, And actually, at the finish, there's too much other stuff to think about. Um, so until my boat is safe, like, I, yes, I cross the finish line, I'm celebrating, but I've got to get my boat to land, then I've got to step off. Um, and it was quite overwhelming, actually, and there was quite a few people that were there. Yeah. Um, and it was it was just kind of too much, and I didn't really know why, because this was something that I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, a lot of people cared, and I was very much like, I wasn't doing that for all of this. I was doing it because I wanted to do it. Yeah. So.
0: And that kind of accolades just accompany it once you've done it. And the fact that you set a world record. And yeah, yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine then, because you obviously your next challenge was obviously swimming the length of the UK. Are people already asking you what your next challenge is going to be, what you're going to do next? Or did you already know that was something you wanted to do?
1: Um, so yeah, everybody asked me after the row, what's next? What's next? And I then was like, you know what, I might as well do something um just because well I I felt more of the pressure to do something um and I was thinking I've got to everybody's asking me and then couldn't think of anything and I was really trying to think about what else should I do um and then I did that but I have already decided what I wanted to do what I want to do next okay that was not pressured at all it was again something that I came across that I I like the idea of that. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Um, so, yeah, and I'd already came across that bef- way before I even started the swim. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it depends. The swim was a little bit more probably, not forced, obviously, but um, yeah. other people having an input.
0: Expectation. In own... of, yeah. You have to do something else easy. now because it's not enough yeah. to do one massive challenge. You've got to do another yeah. one. Yeah, And,
1: and then next one is more down to me
0: yeah i mean the swimming lands into general groats is that an easier challenge to organize because you're swimming and you can dip in and dip out where you want obviously you you don't have any like you said you've got no turning around once you set off for that road across the atlantic or is it some ways it's harder because the the actual physical energy you're using and and the support crews that you need in order to do that
1: Uh, The swim was a nightmare, basically. Logistically, to have a boat to get the crew, it was the crew that were just impossible because nobody can give you free time throughout the summer like that, especially if, one, you're qualified or, two, you want to do it and, three, you're actually available. Um, So it's really difficult to get the people to crew it, but you also need to get along with people and they've got to know what they're doing And everything, so logistics of that were a bit of a nightmare. Um, and then the fact that also you're asking people to give up their time for nothing, so they're just free. Um, and so yeah, the skipper was just it's always then down to the skipper's decision. Um, and so it's very weather dependent. So if they're happy to go out in that weather, then we definitely don't go out. So it's always a battle between me saying we've got to go, I've got to be swimming, yeah. to them saying no. Um, so, they didn't want to go out on that particular yeah. day. They're feeling a bit too tired, so we're not going out. And I'm like, no, I need oh, to, I've got to swim. So it was it was quite tough. Yeah. Right.
0: And again, it sounds like it was the logistics and working with people that was the hardest part of the – actually getting to the starting line every day and getting yeah. back out of there was the hardest part. Do you have to kind of go out quite far to be able to do that? Because, you know, I can imagine some, especially young people, maybe listening to something, well, if I just kind of got, you know, 20, 30 metres away from where the waves break, et cetera, I can kind of swim down, come out. Do you have to go quite far out to be able to and well, I suppose, navigate down the coast?
1: Um, No, but it's shorter yeah. if you do. So there was most of the, well, over half of the swim uh, I didn't see land. Right. So, so I swam across the Bristol Channel, wow. can't see land. Then I was well out to sea across Cardigan Bay of Wales, couldn't see it. Then from Holyhead, jumped to the Isle of Man. Yeah, yeah. And it was only when I was literally a few miles away from the Isle of Man that I could see it. Wow. Then I didn't see land again until I was up to Scotland. Wow. Uh, going up to Mull of Kintyre. That's mad. So
0: Madness. You can I mean,
1: swim it closer to the shore, but it's also the tides will take yeah. you a lot easier, yeah, yeah. and the boat can't go that close either. Yeah,
0: yeah, of course, of course. What was that feeling like when you've accomplished that one, that that challenge? Because again, that's a massive challenge.
1: Um, again, there's other stuff to sort out. Yes, the challenge itself, you've done it. However, it's everything else around that. So, mm-hmm. for example, I'm still dealing with the boats. Um. Yeah. I've got to sort out all of that. It's even just like the cruise, their expenses for this, the kit that I've got from that. Everything is just a nightmare.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it, does that almost take your mind off your body just being kind of beaten up every day from swimming? Or Because, mm. you know, I, I th- think about some of the hardest train sessions you've ever had and you think, I've woke up the next day, I know I've got to go and train again, and I am almost broken, but you know you're going to push through it. But the, the constant swimming and, like you say, fighting maybe against tides, fighting, just your body must be physically broken at times. How do you kind of motivate yourself to get back in the water and do that, or were you quite flexible with yourself and, and maybe you had a little bit more free time than what you wanted because the boats wouldn't out on certain days? But how did you combat against that as well?
1: a uh, we got very angry. I got very frustrated. Um, yeah. There was times that I didn't want to be swimming and that was just miserable, but I knew that I had to take that opportunity because I don't know when my next opportunity is going to be. Yeah, of course. So we are in land and we're stuck, we're weather bound or whatever. We've lost a crew member, we've got to get a different one and everything like that. So combating that would be a lot easier if the whole crew worked together as a team, yeah. but the skipper was um, a different character and communication was not there so right. i had just getting really frustrated with the entire thing and learning more about myself learning a lot about other people um but you've just got to focus on the next swim you've got to do the next one the next one after that because every little swim will get you closer to johnny groan's
0: what was there ever a point in this challenging because it sounds like this this one would have been an easier challenge to be allowed on, or was your mindset very much focused again? But to just regardless of the frustrations that I'm going through, I'm going to keep pushing through. Or was there ever a point during this one where you just thought, I don't need this?
1: I thought I don't need this, but I never thought I would bail out. Yeah. It was always doing about other people. Right. And it was getting other people off my boat, basically.
0: Right. Wow. Um
1: Yeah, I I never thought about leaving because this is something I'd worked so hard.
0: Your challenge.
1: So, it's the other person that's got to go first. Yeah. <laughs> it's. But it's the, I like the mindset. Yeah. I, like I worked mindset. so hard for it to get destroyed by an incompetent idiot, yeah. basically. I've come so far. I've got the sponsors. I managed to do that. I've been swimming. Yeah. I'm not stopping because of somebody that is got nothing to do with yeah. me. Yeah, my life, and doesn't actually care whether I make it or not. Um,
0: I understand. And I'm sure you get asked all the time. So I won't ask what your next challenge is, but is there one in mind? Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. It's again, just the logistics of stuff and how working out how to make it easier and simpler. But the biggest thing is the cost. It's going to cost a lot of money. It's getting sponsors together. How do you do that? How do I not let them down? Um, And kind of the pressures of that. I've never had pressures from sponsors, but I feel it a little bit more because I, I want to. Like I don't want to let them down. I suppose um, you're
0: more than just a name now. You're becoming a brand and someone who sells really high challenges and, and, and delivers on them as well. So I suppose there's that added pressure as well.
1: A little bit. Um, I also just feel I hate asking people for money, but I also need it to be able to do something else. So I've got, everybody's asking me to do something. And I'm like, you've got to help me. Yeah, you course. can't expect me to do stuff. Yeah. This costs, this takes time, this makes effort. So,
0: what do your friends who are at uni now who are in education getting degrees think about the journey you're on? Because I look at it and go, you've probably learned more in those two challenges than that you would have ever, ever learned at university.
1: Yeah, um, I definitely agree. They are just supportive, um, yeah. but also it's never a big thing. You know, they're your mates. Uh, it's just, oh, what are you doing? Oh, well, I want to do this. Like, oh, cool, yeah. And it's just accepted because everybody, especially at our age, have got so much going on anyway that their lives are – and I, I quite like having like normal conversations. Yeah, yeah, so it's of course. To be I want to do yeah. this, I'm going to do that. It keeps I mean, you
0: humble, it keeps you grounded, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, how can I involve my friends in this as well? Yeah, wow. I
0: suppose the last question is, what would your advice be to someone who maybe wants to follow in your footsteps and maybe he's not the same challenges, but wants to kind of, you know, maybe he's not pro- progressing to university, maybe wants to go travel and wants to take on some huge life challenge. What would your advice be to them?
1: Do it. Do yeah, it. Um, do it because... You'll always know that you did that. You could compare everything. Everything else in life is going to be easier if you've done something that was really difficult. Choose the hardest thing that you can imagine. If you've done that, then you'll be okay forever, basically. Um, But also do it for the right reasons. Do it because you want to. And don't... Don't overestimate... um, Sorry, underestimate everything because... For example, I thought, oh, the row, I'm going to get a world record. People will sponsor me. Yeah, yeah, it'll be easy for companies have got loads of money. Why would they not give you fifty grand? They don't. Like, it's yeah. Don't underestimate the simple things. Definitely, it's all the little things that end up adding, building up, and making it more stressful. So, yeah, I just want the length of the country. However, I needed to get different boats, and I now I've got to go up to. Inverness to get a boat to take it down to the other end of the country, to Plymouth, to get it fixed by this mechanic, to sell a parts of this engine to there, to get all this, because I owe somebody a lot of money that bought the boat for me to use. Um, and again, the other boat, the main support boat, somebody else bought me that, and I need to get it prepared to sell so that they don't lose out any money. Hey and it's all little things that people forget about just even the transport how to get from here to there okay but i'm also young so i don't have a trailer license i can't tow the boat i don't even have a car because i can't afford one so i need to get somebody else to drive up there to do this to do me massive favors um and it's all the tiny little things that you don't
0: so although the, all of the mm-hmm. challenge is complete, the challenge isn't complete because you've still got to deal with everything else that was put in that. Mm. Wow. Yeah,
1: don't get hung up on the actual challenge itself yeah. because that everything will be taken away from that, you mm-hmm. know. It would have yeah. boiled down to the exact reason why you chose that specific challenge for me. I wanted to swim from London to Forget the fact that I wanted to see the coastline. Forget the fact that I wanted to enjoy it and that I would see amazing places because what if you don't what if that day was foggy you can't see it oh well you've gone past I am like rowing the Atlantic don't think about you want to do this because of the party at the end you might not get the party at the end you know so it's yeah remember the exact challenge and as long as you've done that you're fine and you've got to really want that not anything else
0: no I like it thank you very much Jasmine thank you so much for coming on Hobby Your Lifestyle it's been great to learn about your, your journey and I can't wait to share it
1: no thank you
0: for inviting me thank you for listening to another episode of hobby of a lifestyle stay safe stay well and we'll see you next time